We got here, yep. Can you hear me? Yo, yo. Try to get somewhere stationary. What the hell? Oh, okay. Hit that box. There it is. What's going on with you, man? What's good with you? First and foremost, man, I'm glad you're doing all right, man. Looking good, looking healthy, bro. It's good to have a good combo dude. with you. My brother, Pro Flum, been telling me a lot about you, man. Good dude I've been hearing, bro. Yeah, man. I've been on Pro, man, for, uh, whoo, for a few good years, man. We met on a, on the set of a film called 17 Days. Yeah. And, uh, yes, sir. you know. Yeah, man. So, you know, he was like, man, I heard you got bars. Let's go in the studio tonight. And uh, there was another brother that was working on the film behind one of the cameras mm-hmm. named Larry Mervin. And uh, he hollered me at a, on a little lunch break. It was like, yo, man, I got a, I got a, uh, I got an album dropping at midnight. Would you mind taking a listen? I was like, yeah, sure. You know. <laughs> that day? <that, laughs> that day. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, but I went in my car, man. And, uh, well, we were out in North Carolina, so whatever car they had for me, they, you know, I pushed play and was blown away. And I was like, damn, bro, you got bars. Especially at 24, I'm 46. I'm from a different era. My, 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 my hip hop is more rooted in lyricism and delivery and, you right. know, saying something where I think hip hop took a turn and was more, more playful and, you know, okay. popping pills. And it, it just, it got, it got away from the true hip hop that I grew up listening to and I'm accustomed to. It was the right? essence. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this mm-hmm. kid felt like he had an old soul, man. And he's mm-hmm. like, man, you gotta hear my album. When I heard it, I was like, wait a minute, this is hip hop. Mm-hmm. This is my hip hop, baby. So me and him have been working ever since. Um, and Pro Fluent has also been, uh, very influential and, uh, 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 how would I say necessary and not only bridging the gap between us, but actually showing me the music business from a okay. DJ's perspective. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, one of the best too. Okay. One of the best to do it, you know. So so uh so yeah, I love that dude, man, for making that connection and uh also for continue to work with me. Um we got a couple good things popping recently mm-hmm. that just came into fruition that I'm really excited about. Um, Come on now. you know, I don't I don't know if he played the song for you that I did for my father. He so, just you know, uh, was it legacy? Legacy, yeah. So yeah. a lot of people didn't know, you know, and it's funny, even though I've been in a business as an entertainer for, you know, 30 plus years now. Um, congratulations, congratulations. People, uh-huh. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh-huh. Still doing it. Um, a lot of people didn't realize that my brother and I were, were related. You know, my brother Cuba Gooding Jr. You know what I'm saying? Right. And people go, yeah, we heard the Gooding, but we don't, we didn't know. Now, most people in the industry know, but average together. Joe don't put the mm-hmm. two and two. It's like, I didn't really, you know, we don't see y'all like on red carpets hugging and, <laughs> you know, Right. Like, what? We didn't know, you know. Exactly. Um, and then a lot of people, you know, also outside of the business didn't know that my father was a singer, Cuba Gooding mm-hmm. Sr., lead yes. singer of the main ingredient. Everybody Plays the Fool was his biggest hit. Everybody Plays the Fool. Right. Come on, bro. Absolutely. I would grow up watching him perform, and, you know, and he was obviously from another era where it was mm-hmm. all about real singing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, when I'm putting on R and B, you know, he was like, "What? No, man, come on." He's going to talk about yeah, bump and grind and all that. This is different. He's just like, "Knock it off, knock it off." You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so it's kind of cool, like how hip hop came about. You know, for me, uh, I would hear the old heads telling me, "No, this is music. Y'all doing that hippity hoppity. I don't know what y'all talking about." And they weren't right. respecting. They weren't giving hip hop as just dudes of the art form. It ain't just rhyming and putting words together. People say, I rap, and they go, blah, 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 blah. It's like, brother, that ain't, that yeah. ain't hip-hop That's not it. is more to it. Like, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it got its respect for, it had respect for Absolutely. a while. Like Tupac, Biggie, that era brought it, like, you know, being from a different entertainment um, genre, really, being an actor, when I would say things like, yeah, I rap, back then it was like, oh, like Tupac? Like, like it, it was different. You say it now, they kind of go, oh, you rap, huh? Yeah, everybody rap. I guess you know, Yeah, it's a million and one. Like, 
Right. You know what I'm saying? They don't they don't got so watered down and diluted. So I think a lot of these kids, um, you know, like the J. Coles and 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 the uh, the Gib, Jib and like there's a lot of cats that oh, yeah, I don't really uh-huh. Oh my God. And I'll be like, wait a minute, these cats they they boring. They saying something, Absolutely. you know. So it kind of, you know, renewed the fire in me to just, you know, put some stuff out and really just kind of flex what I have to contribute to hip hop. I'm not right. gonna put something out there to do it. You know, I got a day job. Good. I can get money on my any other way. You know what I'm saying? Right. So hey, plenty of other out. ways for oh, you got it. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? So I'm not gonna just do an album because I think it's cool. I wanna show my kids uh, I used to rap, like knock it off. I wanna contribute mm-hmm. to the culture, you know, like I've done right. my whole life in the on the in the acting game. You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. you know, so so you know, I put an album out working with focus from aftermath, right? And yes. uh, we had since you know, we had pulled it down. You got it through an issue with the uh, long story. But it was, mm-hmm. what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to re-release it after I get a better little situation that I'm working on right now. So fuck up okay. I'm really excited about it. And I'm going to re-release that album. Um, I released this song called Legacy, which, mm-hmm. you know, my father passed in 2017. Right? So when he passed... For sure. mm-hmm. Right on, bro. When he passed, I had a son... Uh, well, yeah, he did meet my son right before, you know, he passed. Like three, my son was about three months when he passed. That's a blessing, and, yes, sir. And uh, yeah, at least he, you know, he met him, and and that's what made me go, okay, I have to really kind of pick up the torch. You know, I can't mm-hmm. sing like him, <laughs> but my my lane is hip hop. So right, you know, that's when I put out that album in 2019, and then with the song Legacy, we released it right on his birthday, right. Uh, the next oh. day, actually, we released it on Friday. His birthday was on uh, April 27th, so we released it on 28th. Yeah, man, and when you hear the song, it'll start with Everybody Plays the Fool. We took a sample mm-hmm. of that to start it off with. And then my man, Steven, he's the mogul Ellis. Now, this brother's been in the game a while, one of them unsung heroes. People in the industry know him. I had never met him, um, but we were linked up uh, through my cousin and his wife who said, you know what, you, you, you gotta meet this brother. You gotta meet this brother. So we linked up, he sent me some beats and we immediately started working. Like everything he played for me was solid. Nice. So we started working and he says, he said, now check it out. I got a surprise for you. I said, oh really? Yeah, yeah I got a surprise for you once we Ooh, get yeah. this one done. And before we got it done, he said, you know what? I can't wait no more. I gotta send you this. And he sent me the track for Legacy, right? So when I, when I heard it, I was driving and I had to pull over. Kind of like I did. Right pop, with the sample on, he sent it with the sample with already? Sample with pops on there, bro. So what, the the beat that he had, mm-hmm. he had everybody play full sample. Then mm-hmm. he had my pops going all the way through it, kind of just with his voice, right? And that right there was enough to really... Uh, oh, that's right there. For me right there, that was it, bro. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Aaron Neville redid the song, and we heard it, and we go, uh, like, like, as his kids, we listened to that version of it, and we like, come on, man, my pops... Singer, singer. Aaron was cool. Right. No disrespect to Aaron, but it was a different type of song. That's I mean, a cover. Like, yeah, he did it. Yeah, right. His own vibe. Yeah. Right, but oh. a lot of people heard it. It branched it out even more. People like, oh, Aaron, oh, your dad's Aaron Neville. I'm like, no, man. <laughs> <laughs> you were good. At, man. You ain't heard the original. The OG. You know, you know what I'm saying? So when he passed on, my mother, you know, she started a, a production company and they released another version of the song. And again, it was a different vibe. They, they had like a more classical vibe to it. It's, a, it's just different. You know what I mean? They even right. asked me to be on it and I, I gave them a verse and they kind of chopped it up and spread it amongst the song. And it still was like, but where's my dad? You know what I mean? I don't hear my yeah. dad when I hear music. I need my dad. So when he sent me this and the Pops is singing in the beginning and his voice is going all the way through, I was like, man, give me this pen. So I wrote that thing, right? And then 
also to further pay homage to him, no one can represent him better than he can, right? So right. this is the story I want to tell about everybody plays the fool. Like Please, as yeah. artists, you never know what song is gonna be a hit, you know. Mm. And as far as music's concerned, I don't have a hit yet. You know what I mean? I don't know, I don't I, I don't know how that goes, but mm. I know that a lot of artists, like if you get signed to a label, you give them a bunch of songs, they may pick a song and say, This is gonna be the one, and you kinda go, Really? Well, we'll see. And if the people are responding to it, now, of course, you did your best on every song you do, but you don't know which one's going to be hit. You might think it's going to be something else. I got a lot of right. artists that I remember. They first song, it hit to some people and other people you went, hey, like, I'll say Biggie. Biggie yeah. was one of my favorites. He's my number two on Route, Mount Rush, Mount Rushmore, uh, okay. other than Pop, right? Out of five, he's like, he's still yeah. up there with two. I think if he had more okay. albums, he would be, he would, but that's, that's, that's just me, right? So, gotcha. uh, but his first song, Juicy, I wasn't telling it. I wasn't like, yeah, whatever. But a lot of people remember where it came really? from. And it hit, yeah, I was just like, yeah, okay. All right, everybody's liking it, whatever. I'm more of a battle rap more in blah, blah, blah. I love pop, da, da. But everything okay. else after that, I was like, oh, Biggie. You right? like warning, it was like more warning, party, and bullshit and all that. Yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying? Okay, okay. But, but, no, exactly. But mm. so with my father, with this song, out of all the songs he sang, with all the vocal range that he had, his natural tenor, and the way that he could manipulate his voice and so forth and so on, mm. everybody plays the food and showcase all of his skills, right? So what he would do whenever he performed it live, mm. he would break, he would do a breakdown at the end of the song, right? Yeah. And he would say, boom, boom. And then he would just hold the note for a long time, extend it and then run this riff and then do all these runs and whatnot. And his is all about, you know what I'm saying? And then close the show, bam! And everyone would clap and stand on their feet and go crazy, right? So yeah, I know that there's footage of this. So if you put in Cuba Gooding Sr. main ingredient mm -hmm. live performance, a couple of performances will pull up. Right. So what I told Stephen, uh, Mr. Keys to do is find one of those performances. And what I want to do is while I'm rapping, I want to say, Pop, give him some and then break the song right down and put that right in the middle of the song. Right? His runs, so we yeah. His runs. So mm -hmm. when you hear Legacy, it's really like the first time me and my father, you know, as he's passed, are doing a song together. You know what I mean? Gosh. And I just wish he was alive when I could do it, but at the same time, it's me paying homage. Absolutely. So you'll hear the song, the you'll hear the, you'll hear the, everybody plays the fool, then I spit, then you hear him do his riff, then I spit again, then we end with everybody fool, and then it's, you know what I mean? So, so that's, that's the song, man. I'm, I'm, I'm real, yeah, I'm real, I'm real jazzed about it. And dude is such a talented producer. That it, it just flaps, man. So it's 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 a no brainer. But we're excited, man. I said it to my brother and he's doing backflips literally. <laughs> he's so excited about it. He's been sharing it and showing it to people. He sent me oh, a video of him, play, of him playing at the playing at Padre. In the club or something yeah. like that, wasn't it? Yeah, There's I seen a couple that. in the club. He's got one he was in the club and he's listening to it, but he got one when he I don't know, I ain't shared this with nobody yet. So I mean mm. you, you, you shouldn't have seen this one. But there's a clip of Drake out to lunch and with the you can hear him bobbing with the with the phone up to his head and you hear my my lyrics coming out. My brother turns the phone okay. on himself and said, uh-huh, you see, I'm playing it for people. I'm like, okay, go ahead. Okay. You know what I mean? So Drake bro, out there it, shopping. Goes, yeah. He out there shopping. Like, I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm like, bro, it wasn't even released then. I just sent uh -huh. it to him. I wanted him to hear it. You know? Oh, and that I, was you know, the Yeah. Like, no, uh, this is the era of family chat. You know what I mean? So we have like a family group chat with like me, him, his kids, my wife, mm -hmm. and a couple people all in it. And we always share stuff. And when I put the sample of just the beat in there, everybody went crazy. Like, finally. You know what I mean? At least we, this, is, yep. this is representing pops the right way. Yeah. You know what I need to give them the lyrics. As soon as I put the lyrics on there, they were just like, man, stop. This thing is great. Give it up. This is Omar Gooding, and you're listening to The Doc on the documentary show. Oh, I wanted to ask you, like, 
coming from, cause you, you mentioned your dad, you mentioned your brother, but you have a, such a talented family. Like I will put y'all up there with like a Wayans or a, a Jackson. Like a lot of people don't know that everybody in your family does something like entertainment. Everybody gets down, man. I mean, even my sister, she does stand up comedy. She's been in front. She's been in movies. She's been on sitcoms. My brother's oldest son, uh, I'm sorry, youngest son, Mason, is an absolute monster. This boy is talented and good looking. Got some chops. He's uh, he's got a series on Disney. He's mm-hmm. part of the screen franchise. His name is Mason Gooden. Screen? You look him up. You just, Mason. The wow. screen. The new screen yeah. version. The oh, new screen. Dope. So far, yeah. like, far like five and six, he gets like mm-hmm. killed in one and then comes back and six. Go see the newest one. He's like, he's I doing see. that. He's an absolute that's hard. Talented fan. Like, was there any pressure coming up to want to be something, or was that just always in your mind that you were going to do acting? Well, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, I got two sons now. One's six, the other one's three, and I already see that I ain't going to be able to stop what's in them. You know what I mean? And that's just how it was with us. We always sang. We always, my mother was a praying mother. She always prayed. We always sang. We prayed things into existence. We went through trials and tribulations. My pop was a hit in the 70s. I was born in the 70s. You understand me? So the money and the fame and all that stuff was gone by the time I was about five because he went to to Africa Mm. and uh, during apartheid, it was a big no-no. And uh, Mm. when he came back to the U.S., he was blacklisted. He could he blackball. He could play nowhere. They took his screens and everything. So he had to start over again. So when he started wow. over through the late seventies, early eighties, we went from houses to homeless, like literally. And me, my brother, my sister, my mom, and a big ass Great Dane were in a bobcat driving through California trying to find our, our actual home. Uh, where we want we wound up landing right in about North Hollywood, that area. And that's where you know I was about ten years old. My brother got into acting, and then I found my way in by picking up a script for him one day and his agent saw me smiling and having clear diction and talking and <laughs> they said, I was sending you out on the road and I just booked right away. You know what I mean? It took me two nice. years to land my first series. So I did a series for Nickelodeon called Wild Baby Kids. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about? That joke ran for three years. As soon as it ended, I landed <laughs> Hangover Mr. Cooper. <laughs> that ran for the next five years. Let's as go. soon as that ended, I landed smart guy. He's a smart guy. You know what I'm talking about? By the time that's done, I'm 24 years old. You know what I'm saying? I started when I was nine. Ran, 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 boom, boom. And then I get a call from John Singleton talking about he got a script called Baby Boy. Hello. Baby Boy. Gotta show you I was done, baby boy. You gotta learn to one hit a quit. Come on, you bro. That's that's a legacy in itself, right there, bro. Come on you know, now. So it was never a pressure. Like even when my brother won, oh. and it's funny because people always ask about the Oscar, and it was like, uh oh. So when your brother won, you were like, oh snap, hope I get one. Da da da. I was like, uh, no, that's not how Oscars worked back then. Anyway, <laughs> when he won, the whole community won. We were happy that we got an Oscar, let alone right. me and the Gooding. We knew everybody that was the Oscar for that decade. Like, <laughs> it wasn't until recently that everybody getting one. But, like, back then, we everybody knew once won, that was it. Who's the next one that got an Oscar after him? You had to wait another 10 years or somebody got one. <laughs> but I was happy that we got it. You know what I mean? And it was in right. blood. So I, was like, I was like, oh, yeah, you know. But if I get one, it'll be in God's timing. But, you know, mm-hmm. you see how that was, too, where there's a lot of, for, for a lot of uh, actors that do win an Oscar for one thing, and then you see something else that you think is way more phenomenal that they don't even get nominated for, and you'd be like, I don't right. think it works. So you just That's never know what's going to do. Exactly. You know, people saw the Baby Boy performance, like, oh, you should have got Oscar like me, please. They ain't, they ain't just handing them out like that, bro. That's not how it goes. You know, look at Hell. Denzel. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He got one here, and then he had to wait the long gap, and then they gave one for that. I was like, yeah, what about Malcolm X? What, what about this and that? And all he's like, what, why did he get Oscar for that? No, that just had to be crooked. Yes, indeed. 
Up to the what? They say the powers that be. Yes, sir. Hello. Introducing Hustle House Apparel, where style meets hustle. From comfortable streetwear to head-turning statement pieces, we got you covered for every occasion. But it's not just about the clothes. It's about embracing the hustle, the drive, and the ambition within you. Visit our Etsy store to explore our latest collection and take advantage of our limited-time sales and discounts. Hustle House Apparel, where style meets hustle. Join the movement today. Give it up, it's Omar Gooding, and you're listening to The Doc on The Documentary Show. Now, growing up, you said you mentioned growing up in the 70s. You were growing up in Los Angeles. A lot of people don't understand that was a completely different way of living. Like on the West Coast in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, compared yeah. to the rest of the U.S., y'all had your own lifestyle that was going on on the West Coast. You talk about how it was coming up out there, juggling that family. And then, like you said, having pops go from this to, to having to start over. Like, what was that like? Yeah. Rebuild and then playing your seat. Well, I mean, you know, and I, for me, uh, you know, I was five years old. When, mm-hmm. when it was rough on us, right? So mm-hmm. it was like an adventure to me. Living in the car, going to hotels and shelters. It was like a new place every day. Drop them toys and go, bad check, next row. I was just like, this is, this is fun. Yep. We go to hotels and Poor life. But it was probably harder on my siblings than me because they were 10 years older than me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So they're like in their teens going, damn, I got to tell the friends we got to move and make a new friend. That's embarrassing. And that's this it's and that's different. the third. Well, I was like, this is fun as hell. So mm-hmm. it wasn't hard like that for me, even though I would see it wear on my mother. And I knew mm-hmm. that I had to find a way to get her off her feet, so to speak, because she had to work two jobs, stressing mm-hmm. about driving, getting the kids and this and that and the third and blah, blah, blah. So I said, man, I got to land a series because I know if I get a TV show, she can quit, manage me, and we'll be set. I could pay the rent. Like, you know what I mean? So hey, yeah. that was like my drive for three years, from nine to 12. So that was my having to grow up early. You know what I'm saying? That was my like, okay, you got to be the man of how My brother did what he could, but like, it was, like I said, it was a 10-year gap. So when he got 19, 20 years old, he had to move on and do his thing. I'm like, man, oh, man. so I got to mm-hmm. be like the man of the house. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I got to be the breadwinner here. You know what I'm saying? So it was step a lot up. of having to mature and having to step up early. Um... And then it was it was also, you know, being out here on the West Coast, too, you know, I was always I always had a sense of, of the people around. Me. Like, I've always been a leader. So even I was I was like the youngest in whatever group I was in as far as like crews, be it school, be it whatever it is. You know, they would always look up to me regardless. Where are we going? What's the next move? What's this and that? So I didn't have a followers mentality ever. I wouldn't get into trouble because I follow some dude in some bulls. I came up with dudes around me that were from the street because it made sense to me. We would fight and we would go out and do what it is amongst each other and we would go out and I would I would be comfortable because I know that they can take care of themselves. So that means they had my back if some shit popped off. You understand right. I me? Mean? So people always say, Why don't you hang with oh you work with such and such and this actor, blah blah blah. I'm not going out and finding out trying to find out if uh you know, Leonardo DiCaprio could fight. Like, I'm not, I'm not hanging out with them in the street. I need some cash that got my back, you know what I'm saying? That I know I'm with you, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, it culminated in me getting caught with some weapons and having to do, like, you know, I didn't do no jail time. In the we got locked up and bailed out, and it was like the news for like 24 hours while I was doing Hanging with Mr. Gooper. And it was like, uh-oh, uh, hanging with Gooper, hanging with hanging in jail or whatever that line was, you know. <laughs> they flipped I, it. You know, make my, right. And I had to make my apologies, but it was heartfelt because I wasn't out really doing no crazy shit. I just happened to mm. have weapons on me. I was more of a preventive type of, like, you know, just have them type of defense. thing. Defense. That's all defense. Mm. That's it. But 
I didn't have, you know, the wit to you know to hide it or have a stash spot in your car. You know what I mean? I'm trying to like, <laughs> but I'm just being mm-hmm. the bus. And it was, you know, we got we went to a valet parker and then, you know, watched valet the car. He saw the gunner, the Matt called the police. They pulled us over, brought like SWAT and all this crazy, you know, got arrested That's in front scary. of a nightclub. They throwing bricks and what, stuff at the window like I was Tupac. I'm like, what are y'all tripping on? I'm just, a, you know what I mean? Calm down. But they were like, that is. And you know, and I kept my nose clean because, you know, that's not what I was about. You know what I'm saying? It's just, again, it was just an unfortunate situation, but it taught me to be smarter. And, um, you know, that's just kind of how I navigated through, through life. I just, you know, I kept people around me that were that were just real, authentic people. You know what I'm saying? But not bad influence. They were more the type that they knew they, you know, for lack of a better word, I was their bread and butter, so to speak. Like they knew that I had something, you know what yeah, I'm saying? I, mean, you I, yeah. I was on the show. So they were like, mm-hmm. we had to look out for him. That's why I don't get these guys that, you know, I don't want to bash other celebrities or these athletes that get into stuff with because of the people around them. Cause it doesn't make sense to me. Like, why right. would you want to bring him down? Especially if he's your meal ticket, but when you want to exactly. protect him from yourself, I guess that's just that blows my mind, man. You know, and then anyway, we can go in and on about that. But, um, Bro, you know, so like you, I that's the whole story. Uh-huh. You feel me? And when I got the script for Baby Boy, it was like, wait a minute, how the hell did he know that I could pull this off? Because other than that one incident that was only on the news for 24 hours, how did he know that I'm anywhere about it? How does he know that I have oh, that image in any way, bro? Oh, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. Because I'm like, I'm Yo. looking at Hanging with Mr. Cooper and all these other shows, and, and I, I see Baby Boy. I'm like, how the f- who did he have to go to for inspiration for this? You see, you got to get up on them close. Draw back. Not too far, though. And for the nose, I'm out. Preferably the nose. This is soft. Preferably, huh? You know what I mean. Don't Oh, yeah, this is big boy. Like even Cash was talking to me, like, man, we heard you got that John Singleton movie with the with the we playing the you, you playing sweet pea, the dick that's about it, the whole like how good luck. You know, they kind of rolled. Yeah, but they looked, but they didn't see the film. This was, you know, when I was just we're, we're, you know, we were still making it. This was like in ninety nine, I should say, uh, right before we started filming it. They were looking mm. like, Well, good luck with that and I was just like, All right, that's fuel. Um, I'd gotten in some incidences and some situations on the streets by being the kind of guy that just goes out and just has people around me and things happen. And right. they kind of mirrored some of the instances that happened to, you know, Tyrese's character. You know what I'm saying? Not to me personally, mm-hmm. but to someone close to me. And even though I was there and it was a, I couldn't go, all right, let's get guns, boy. We're going to ride out of that because I knew what I had to protect. You know what I'm right. saying? Priorities. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I took care of the situation, but I never really got closure for it. I mm-hmm. never could just go out and go, what? I can find, let's go line these, you know what I mean? I could, mm-hmm. When I read the script and I was like, you mean I could play a, a character and kind of therapeutically get all of that off that I got bottled up in me and vent, you know what I mean? In another right. way, I could have been that dude. If this, if we, if we didn't set a homeless, Instead of finding acting as an outlet and having things to lose, I could have not. I could have just been a statistic. I could have hung with the boys and said, nah, we ain't coming here no more. Nah, let's go find a spot in the hood. Let's do this. And say, who knows? I could have been that exact dude. Right. Ended up jailed, got out looking for a job, frustrated, talking through his teeth. I could have been that dude. So it's just another side of it. And it's funny, too. Now, every time, you know, I'm a human, something happens, and that switch gets flipped, people go, oh, he just turned into Sweet Pea, you know, and it made me laugh because I go, all right, that's funny that you said that, but it helps me calm down. Like, okay, uh, man, relax, bro. Like, you, you turn it into a different yeah. side. Yeah, but it's just a different different side. I'd rather uh, laugh and have fun all the time. Like, why, who would want to have a good time? You know what I mean? My heart, yeah, bro. When and life be, becomes life, 
sometimes mm-hmm. things don't go your way and right. people react how they react. You they know, do. I even have a bad habit of holding stuff in. Well, mm-hmm. I did anyway. Now I know I got to just release it immediately because that's toxic. You wind up let it build up. on the wrong person. You can't let it Absolutely. build But I had a bad habit of that and I would freaking explode. And mm-hmm. I would, they'd be, what's wrong with this dude? I was like, yeah, well, I, had a, I was a lot I was going through. Trust me, I'd have let this slide once. I let it slide twice. Now I've been lost my shit. Now it's, it's a problem. Well, yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? So now yep. I know when it's when there's a problem, address it immediately. Nip Don't that let it mud. Yes, you know sir. I mean? It's a relationship with your wife, your, per, your person, your friend, whatever it is, your business relationship, whatever. Uh, let's have a conversation about this right now before it goes overboard because right. I know how I am and I'll go ahead and take that one on the chin and take that one and then when it's flip time people get confused. This is where the sweet pea come from out of nowhere. Where all this, yeah, where all this, this aggression come yeah, from? Why you right. Like? I'm like, well, and then I gotta explain myself in handcuffs. No thank you. Give it up to Omar Gooding and you're listening to the doc in the documentary. You know, uh, you know, I waited until I was 40 years old to start having kids so now that I'm 46 and my oldest is 6 years old Mm-hmm. It's funny how I have all these lessons and these things to teach them and whatnot, but I have patience. Because at 20-something, I couldn't have did it. I, that's why I didn't have kids. That's the time. Kind of, I couldn't do it. And you knew. Uh, no thanks. I, could, I couldn't do it. But now, you know, there's so much, and I, and I see them in me. I was that same way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand how people, well, anyway, I mean, lots we can talk about and unpack about fathers and sons and daughters sure. and whatnot. But, like, I just, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me how you would willingly not be in your child's life if you want to, if you need to guide them and then try to blame somebody else for how they raise them. That just, just makes, that just baffles the hell out of me. You know, my pops, I love him to death. Uh-huh. He had to go. He, his thing was, I had to go get the money. Mm. But he was go. always there. You know, we had a great relationship. He was always there when I really needed it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, bro, and I would, he led by example. So I would see him perform on stage. I would watch him backstage, how he handled his people. He would be on stage. If something was wrong and didn't sound right, he'd stop the whole show and be like, man, get on this. I need you here. Six, seven. Yes, that's you. And go. Back to the show. Like, I want Make to like this. Come on. Man, perfection. That's, per- that's mama mentality, baby. Let's go. You feel me? And whether it was uh-huh. on stage or behind stage, dealing with the people, he just commanded respect and his presence. And I was just like, I would just soak up game, soak up game. Yeah. A lot of people would see it and then just not respect it or not take knowledge. You know what I mean? So, that's 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 a boss mentality for you to, to sit there and actually soak it up, bro. That's that's one that's once again getting back to the legacy, man. And I'm glad that you recognize that. And all these these stories that you're telling me, these lessons got me thinking of your new role in uh on Disney Plus that Saturdays. Mm-hmm. When yeah, you play man. um Cal Johnson, you the pops on there. So like do you get to yeah. put some of these real life lessons into the TV show as well? Or, like how's that go? Yeah, I mean they, they had all the script written, uh, but they do let us play. Now, this mm-hmm. is the first time I've been on production that really um, allows us to flourish where some of these productions of this caliber, you would normally think it'd be like, stick to the script, stick to the script. But what they'll do is they'll have to the script for a few takes, and then once they have what they need, they'll let us play. Then when I watch the finished product, I see that they used a lot of the stuff that we kind of improvised with, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is great. They loving our, you know, our veteran, you know, me and me and Golden. Shout out to Brooks, who's just one of oh, the yeah. best things to work with ever. Her and really? I, you would think that we knew each other. You would think we knew each other. Well, mm. We did a chemistry read because this was this thing did like in the end of twenty one. Like it was mm. this about three years that we've known each other because mm. we were we had to do uh, you know during the pandemic everything was virtual. Right. The, the when I met the the producers and the writers and we did a read. It was in my room. Like 
know what I'm saying? Well, everything was virtual. Then I was like, all right, we want to do a chemistry read and match you up with some of the other ones. First one I met was Golden. We talking, hitting it off right away. Everybody was like, man, on each other. Like, this is the first time. Just like that. you talking right there, you know? And That's you can see it on screen. Mm-hmm. And she's such a gangster. Her, her, her talent is so strong that it helped me excel. And then I would go extra, and then she would come right up, and we would climb up, but we know how to give and take. That's hard. Steel sharpening steel. Oh, man. Exactly. These kids are some of the most talented young people I've ever worked Mm -hmm. with in my life. You know, they would look at us and say, ask us about growing up and this and that in the industry and so forth and so on. But never was like, how should I do this? How should I do this? They just go. You know, they had acting coaches and stuff like that to fine tune them on set. But they didn't need, you know what I mean? And it was a huge workload for them. They had to learn how to rotate, different routines. Every every week they had a different routine that they learned on skate. And it's Not a skate, alone, yeah. their lines and their own food. You know what I mean? And it's authentic, man. We filmed in Chicago. Shout out to Chicago. Shout out to yeah. Imeria and Josh, our coaches, that just had us looking smooth as hell on the ice. And we did our thing. Had them girls looking polished. You know, my son on the yeah. show, Jermaine, and his best friend on the show, yeah, these these boys are coming stars, bro. Stars. Mm. I was like, they remind me more uh, and on on smart. They have oh, that, that it that when they're like, okay, what they gonna do? Oh, all right. bouncing for me and Jay So it's strong, Taking man. The, lead, the girls, man, they're just awesome. So proud of them. Oh man, yeah, dope. So proud of That's... these girls. The numbers are mm. good. The is good. That is good, man. And shot hats off, man, to the creator in advance, Junior, you know, mm-hmm. who had the big, you know, did name to him. Now, it actually started with Martin Martin. Now, Marcy yeah. Martin, if y'all know her from, she was the youngest girl on Black. Now, yes. 16 years old, when she was 16, started a production company with her parents called Genius Entertainment. They came up with an idea about Beast. that girl uh, with sickle cell being a skater. She sells it, brings on Norman Jr., which we know from Roll Bounce, Girlfriends, and so much in Gold. He's now the showrunner. He came to him and said, look, we need you to show something different on Disney. We don't want to say, oh, there's a Disney show, and it's like every other Disney show, all bright and a little too exaggerated. We want to ground it in real, kind of like Blackish. So we took right. that Blackish thing, so we took the Blackish format with the cutaways and whatnot and this and this. It's strong, man. It's strong. It's like anything you've ever seen on Disney. It also is creaming on Disney Plus, which just goes to show that it's not a typical it, Disney show. And, uh, and it's phenomenal, man. We just aired. I literally was watching it last. Man, this is pretty good. Yeah. Introducing Hustle House Apparel, where style meets hustle. From comfortable streetwear to head-turning statement pieces, we got you covered for every occasion. But it's not just about the clothes. It's about embracing the hustle, the drive, and the ambition within you. Visit our Etsy store to explore our latest collection and take advantage of our limited-time sales and discounts. Hustle House Apparel, where style meets hustle. Join the movement today. Give it up, this Omar Gooding, and you're listening to The Doc on The Documentary Show. Well, Omar, good, man. You are definitely doing your thing. Like you said, coming from a talented family, doing things since a youngin'. You got music that you've been doing. You're working with Profluent. Shout out DJ Profluent doing his thing. But he let me in on a little secret, too, as well. You, uh, you been, you've been taking a dive into the stand-up comedy thing, man. Talk to me about that. What's up with that, man? <laughs> 
What's up? What's up? What's up? I was about to say, I just had my hand in so many things. See, I used to run a room uh, in Hollywood uh, called the Comedy Dojo on Santa Monica, right in the heart of uh, uh And the cool thing was, you know, I ran it for a while, and then I had to do some traveling. So that shut down the pandemic. That closed some things down. My sister, um, who has today is my brother one year apart, so, uh, exactly to the day. So, uh, uh, she wanted to do a, a birthday party. So she said, I mean, she does stand-ups. Like, uh, we bring some comics and so forth and so on. So I made some calls and we put on this show for her and it just kind of lit the fire again. We're like, okay, let's find us a new venue and let's just start doing this stuff and get some people out. Why not? You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, what I do is what I did was, well, I'll be the presenter. Omar Gooding Presents. Now, our new show is the Omar Gooding Presents Funny Comedy Show, right? Nice. So, we're like, well, all you have to do really is get a host, the host to host it, book the comics, so forth and so on, and at the very end, just do your Russell Simmons walk up there and say, thanks for coming out, God bless. Like, okay, okay, that's great, so that's but I'm Omar Gooding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I'm going to get up in here. So, uh. what I, my format is, the spins, I come out, I talk to the crowd, and then I bring out my host. You know what I mean? He runs the show as seamlessly as I get back up on stage. Thanks for everybody for coming out. We take pictures, and then it's done. So, did was, with me being the first one to come out on stage, I test it out. You know what I mean? Work the crowd a little bit. See how everybody can try some jokes. It's right. working. Keep going. Quiet. Time for your host. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm not, you know what I mean, locked in. And it just got longer and longer and longer. It led to me uh, hosting a uh, showcase in Detroit uh, a few weeks ago. It my first taste at like three long of me being the guy, you know, hey. running into in the crowd. So it was all improv. Nothing was written. All I had was a list of the people that I had to bring up. Telling me, oh, we're ahead of schedule. Can you buy us three minutes? I'm like, say less. You know what I mean? Off and the top. Like, yeah, this this stand up and like, you know what I mean? Because uh, you know, a crowd with a microphone is over with. That doesn't mean my whole life. You know what I mean? That's that's right, that's right. easy. But it's not to disrespect stand up because it's really it's really uh 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 difficult. So you got to read the room. Sometimes you bomb. Sometimes jokes work. Sometimes I took a class, and in this class, the first day, um, she would try some jokes. Whatever worked, she kept. Whatever didn't. So the next class, she kept the ones that worked and started with some new ones. And it's just a process of working until you have a full set. You understand? Yes, and then you improv a little bit, do this and that, but you always have your jokes that you go back to. So there was a structure and a science to it. So, you know, uh, how long you just got to get your set together. And so now that I got one, <laughs> It's easy peasy. Yeah, so, it's tight. So, uh, uh, you got a tight one. Okay. Once again, it's on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the show is, is locked in. I got Comedian Warren B. I got DJ Psych on the ones and twos. I come out there. We rock. We last night. It's what I said. I got sunglasses on. Uh, and it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. I had a good time. I'm about to go back to Los Globos uh, on yeah. Sunset Boulevard. So we're going to be there tonight. We're going to see Bubba Dub. Bubba Dub got a show. Yeah, I mean, Snoop, everybody's yeah. supposed to be coming out, so, you know, I'll be up there, man. Kicking it, kicking it, man. That's what's up, bro. But I'm making holiday to again once we get this next part. Right, too, you need. We need to. Got to check in again, man. Matter of fact, while we on the music tip, oh, go yeah. ahead and um, introduce this legacy joint to the folks. We're going to play that for them right quick. So this is Legacy by Omar Gooding, featuring the vocals of the one and only Faith Jesus Gooding. Hmm. 
Yup, that's my pops. Yeah, that's my pops, man. You ain't know. Next thing you gon' tell me is you ain't know about my bigger bro.